This is the e-learning podcast, episode number 20. The goal is for anyone to be able to use it. So you don't need to be a designer or programmer. You just put in your content and we handle uh, everything for you so that it looks good and works well and integrates with whatever you're using. Welcome to the e-learning podcast from LMSPulse.com. My name is Stephen Laddick, and I'm the director at LMS Pulse. My guest for today's episode is Sveentor Griffith, the mastermind behind H5P, the popular free and open source tool to create interactive content. In a very short time, H5P became the darling of open source e-learning technologies, and it's easy to see why. Sveentor and his team at Jubal built a powerful solution that's incredibly easy to use. With special attention to its integration with the most popular LMS and CMS out there and strong accessibility compliance, the work that Sveentor has led with H5P is one of the most exciting contributions to the global open source edtech movement in years. In this conversation, Sveentor and I talk about H5P and its ambitious goals of providing a powerful, simple, and free tool for anyone around the world to create amazing interactive e-learning experiences. We also talk about the interesting angle of an open source standard as the basis of a sustainable business and the slowly but steadily evolving change of heart of mainstream users. We also talk about the challenges edtech entrepreneurs face in the corporate segment and the trade-off they face between innovation and compliance to old specs. And finally, we talk about the H5P OER Hub, which aims to connect users from all platforms and LMS around free and open content collaboration. But before we get started, a quick word from our sponsors. The eLearning Podcast is sponsored by the eLearning Success Summit. Learn from more than 40 experts how to teach, work, and learn online without being overwhelmed. Get your free ticket to the summit at eLearningSuccessSummit.com and LMSPulse.com, your best source for news, information, and resources for e-learning professionals for more than 10 years. Get our free roundup of the week's top news at lmspulse.com. Hello, Sveentor. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Stephen, for having me. I'm looking forward to it. You know, the last time we talked, uh, you were one of our speakers at the eLearning Success Summit, um, and you were in a different room. Where, where do we find you today? I'm pretty much in the same building. So I'm in our offices in, in Tromsø in, in Norway. Awesome. How are things going for H5P right now? Um, I, I know we want to talk about the hub and we're going to get into that, but uh, are you guys still drinking from a fire hose? Is it still just absolute craziness uh, during these times of COVID or uh, what's going on on your end? Yeah, it is. It's crazy times and uh, it's good crazy, but it's also bad crazy. You know, we really wished we could do everything that is asked of us, but we are just so many people and uh, the requests are coming in and we, we it's hard to handle it. But we're, we're adding more people to the team and uh, we'll be able to handle more and more going forward. So that's good. That's awesome. It's great to hear, you know, it, it, there's very interesting to see the different businesses that sort of either have a, or being affected by COVID or sort of having that inverse relationship with COVID that are actually growing, uh, growing rapidly. So what, what, what type of requests are you uh, receiving? Is it requests for uh, new features? Is it technical support? Are you building out training? Like what, you know, where, where are the requests coming from or is it just sort of all over the place? They are all over the place. So there are lots of partnering requests. There are uh, feature requests. 
we've got um, lots of uh, universities who, who try to test out H5P from various perspectives. Accessibility, for instance, is something we try to prioritize really hard. So we're doing a, a release now with some accessibility improvements. Um, yeah, all over the place, uh, people who want to join the team. Uh, and also we have uh, almost a thousand customers on H5P.com now uh, in two years. So there are lots of requests coming from them wanting more authors and more uh, everything. So, so uh, it's busy times, but uh, luckily it also brings some income. We haven't had much of that the first three years, so now we can use it to expand the team and serve the community better. So that's good. That is so fantastic. You know, we, I didn't even start the conversation. I, I made I made this huge assumption that everybody knows what H5P is uh, and sort of the the project and the, the foundation behind this. Can you just give us the, the 30 seconds? What is H5P? How does it fit into an LMS or, or into e-learning? Um, and how, how are you positioning it these days? Yeah, we uh, plug it, plug in to your existing LMS or publishing system and empower that system to create better, more exciting content like interactive videos, presentations, quizzes, games, etc. And uh, the goal is for anyone to be able to use it. So you don't need to be a designer or programmer. You just put in your content and we handle uh, everything for you so that it looks good and works well and integrates with whatever you're using. Do you find that you're, um, it, are you mostly being used in higher education? Is it mostly being used in corporate settings? Do you have a sector that really stands out or have you found that it's just sort of the adoption of H5P is across the board? It, it is across the board, but uh, the biggest um, percentage uh, or biggest market share is within higher education, but we're doing well in uh, K to 12 as well, and there are lots of businesses using H4P, but I think to get the same kind of market share in, in uh, the enterprise sector, we'll need to support a few other standards like SCORM, and also uh, yeah, make it a little bit easier to change colors and things like that, better reporting, things that they are more focused on there perhaps than in higher ed. One of the, that's interesting that you mentioned that the support of SCORM. Tell, take me through that because one of the truly sexy things about H5P was that it's, it's a SCORM alternative. So is this taking existing classes or existing trainings and pieces that they have and being able to connect to it? Or tell me about that. Like what, rather than replacing, why do you need to connect to it? Uh, they typically don't have open source solutions. It's not that widespread, I think, and uh, they don't use LTI either. So to be able to put grades into their grade books, we, we need to have a SCORM wrapper around H4P initially, and hopefully they'll, they'll see the benefits of H4P as they start using it more. They'll see that they really don't need that SCORM wrapper. But initially, coming in with the clothes they expect us to be wearing will be good, and then we can try to show them a better world where they can actually easily change their content and do everything you can do with HVP. I just, I love the analogy to a fashion designer. That's fantastic. I'm just going to keep that in my head for the rest of the conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Makes it easier. Do I need to have a learning management system to use H5P or is this something that I can use as a standalone? You know, we've on the show, we've had several uh, individuals who have sort of 
standalone, you know, create your own course kind of products. Um, is this a standalone product as well, or, or does it need to be already connected with an existing LMS? The way it is now, at least you need something. You, you can't, there's no way to just use H4P. Uh, you, you need to plug it into something. Even if you use the paid version H4P.com, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to just because we don't have uh, that you can't have menus or anything it's it's made to plug into other systems and and, and make them better and the reason is simply that we uh, uh, we try to become a standard uh, for in interactive content and uh, we don't think we can do that through making a new CMS we think we just have to let people use whatever they want to use and use H4P for the content part so we just focus on the content. So it's an authoring standard rather than a, uh, a platform standard, basically. Excellent. Yeah. But at the same time, you kind of have this exciting new hub that you've put in that put out in the world. So it's called the H5P Hub, uh, which is something I really wanted to follow up with you about. The, you, you were announcing it, uh, not exclusively or anything on, on the eLearning Success Summit, but was definitely it was the new release that you were most excited about. Where does the hub stand today? Uh, you know, give me an overview about where, where things are at. Yeah. And yeah. actually, obviously, hub, probably, once again, I shouldn't make the assumption. Tell us what the hub is. Yeah, yeah. The hub, um, we have a special approach there as well. There are many initiatives around the world that try to make content repositories. And the hub is the same. It's a repository of H5P content where the H5P community can share their work. But what is special is that we're not making a website called h4phub.com or .org or .net or whatever. Uh, there won't be any website initially. It will be an integrated part of the H4P authoring tool so that um, everyone who uses the H4P authoring tool today will get access to, to the hub automatically through an upgrade. And then they will be able to sit in the authoring tool and they'll be able to choose, do I want to create from scratch now or flip over to the search tab and search the hub uh, directly from the tool and then you can search when creating content when you begin or you can begin creating a quiz for instance and search the hub for every question you are about to add so if the quiz is mathematics and you want a question about uh, pythagoras you can search the hub for pythagoras and see what we have there before you add your own uh, pythagoras question so it will be a very very integrated experience and thus uh, quite different from other initiatives uh, we've seen uh, mm. and uh, I think that hopefully will be the key to, to success and when it comes to where we are we're very close to finished uh, but it took it took longer than expected it went very quickly in the beginning but those last 10 percent uh, uh, oh that last mile oh that last mile. <laughs> <laughs> it was very long and and also when we first got delayed it hit the summer holidays and they are five weeks in, in norway so that added five weeks to the delay so uh, i wish we had it out before school started but it's more important to get it right and uh, right now we think we are two weeks uh, away from having it ready for drupal 7 and ready for testing and then we will be porting it to moodle and h4p.com first and, and then also uh, WordPress and Drupal 8. 
So uh, the, the first testable version that can be put on, on our test site, hrp.org, will, will be there soon. And we're very excited about it. It looks looks very promising, looks very good. And the team is back now and working on it. So yeah. I'm sure, we'll I'm sure it looks fantastic. How, how do you um, manage the testing of this? Do you have a beta community that you've already, you know, you have working on it or is it just internal testing or how does that work? Yeah, no, now it's internal and then uh, we, we will put it on a staging site for the beta community to test and then we put it on hrp.org which we also use for a really large scale uh, there are millions of users there every year so many of them will probably go in and try it out for a bit and give us feedback mm. and then it goes out to the production uh, environments around the world so it will be very well tested and lots of feedback before it goes out. Awesome. What yeah. if, if I'm authoring a, let's just go back to your example, a math quiz. Um, does, does what I'm creating, does that automatically then get go into the hub if I'm using H5P or is it just a, you know, is it a, uh, is it a checkbox that I, I select, I select afterwards or like once I publish the quiz, can I say, Hey, send this to the hub? Like, how does that work? Yeah, you, you, you choose. It's not automatic. So when you're done, uh, you can choose to share your content with the hub and there will be a button. You click it uh, and then you get a pop over where already you pretty much just confirm and it gets published. So it would be two clicks. But if, if you haven't added a license during authoring, for instance, we will ask you to please, please choose a Creative Commons license for your content so that we can we know what uh, users are allowed to do with it before you put it into the hub. Mm. Is it, is the, is the only option creative commons license or will the hub also offer commercial options as well? Uh, there will at least not initially, I think, um, eventually, especially for images and things like that, we will allow for commercial licenses, but initially it will be creative commons and, um, yeah, similar licensing. Uh, what's it called public domain will be there from the start yeah okay and um what's the on your back end like what's the quality control look like and feel like i mean you've got literally millions of, of authors out there uh, you're going to have a whole lot of people talking about the pythagoras and and his theorems so what you know how, how are you maintaining that on the back end mm. uh when we started planning this, it was a long time ago. We looked a bit at how Apple did it with their apps with very strict quality controls and Android with just automatic controls and things got published right away. And we decided to do something in between. So uh, by default, there will be a filter. So you can only see things that have been uh, approved as serious content. We don't do approvals on the design quality or on the uh, making sure that every fact is correct. We don't do that, but we make sure that it's not spam or it's not inappropriate, um, uh, that sure. it's, it seems serious. So, so by default users will only see serious content and then they can switch off this filter if they want to, to have access to the freshest content that haven't been reviewed yet. And then we'll see how fast uh, content will be flying into the hub and how many people will need to, to review it. <laughs> but we'll, we'll take that as it comes. And uh, there will also be these five-star systems. So user can uh, can rate the content and 
that will be the main way that we figure out what will be on top of the lists, what have received the, the highest ratings. And we'll also look at how much content is visited and downloaded. I was just going to say that it seems like there's a fantastic opportunity. So the rating rating system would be for all of the content that hasn't been necessarily officially approved yet. I feel like, you know, you can draw from, this is the power of open source, right? You can draw from this community to say, Hey, look, this one's fantastic. And this one uh, clearly spam or whatever. Right. So you'll be able to see that as well. Yeah. 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 And we will have to make adjustments as we go, but uh, this is where we will start and then we'll see. Oh, that's, that's going to be exciting. Is there any, you know, the question I always love to ask is when you first envisioned the hub, you know, you kind of had, Hey, here's, you know, the team came together and said, here's what we want to do. Here's, here's how we think it's going to work. Can you tell, what's the biggest thing that you found doesn't work and what's the, what's the most unexpected success from the, from the pieces that you're putting together right now? Um, I, I think it um, doesn't work for, for HRP in general, I guess, since the, the hub isn't Yeah, I mean, that or just the way the hub works. You know, I'm, I'm always interested, you know, I've been in many different sort of online communities and those kinds, and people are like, oh, this is going to be the best feature. Everyone's going to love it. And it ends up becoming this massive failure or just, you know, no one uses it at all. And then, you know, it's the little click box in the top left-hand corner that for some reason becomes the most important feature. Um, is there anything like that in either the latest version of H5P or the hub that uh, that your team has discovered over the last several months? Mm -hmm. uh, for the hub, it's a bit early, early. early. So uh, we have user tested a lot of prototypes and made adjustments. I don't remember any big surprises. We we started designing the hub almost when we started with H5P. So we've been planning it oh, for wow. a long time. Okay, so this is like this was already in the the development path way long, you know, like four years ago, basically. Yeah, it was the main feature. We just uh, <laughs> wanted to. Uh, <laughs> we just I, wanted I look to, at me, all Mister Innocent over here, like, oh, whoops, I like that. Of course, <laughs> obvious, you know. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the the reason we didn't launch it in the beginning was that it didn't make much sense to have a hub there if you didn't have any content. So we did the altering tool first. And now when we have lots of users, uh, we finished the last but most important feature and, and add it. And so it's in general, there are some content types that have become more popular than expected, like the documentation tool I thought would be quite narrow, but we see it used for so many things. Hmm. And so there are surprises like that. Uh, the the um, Dictation, I didn't expect it to be used a lot by in, in medicine, but they do. They play heart sounds and they ask you what the disease is. And so there, there are certainly surprises like that, but uh, no, no biggies. We haven't had these huge failures uh, yet. I'm sure they will come, but so far uh, <laughs> things have worked pretty well. But I think it's because when we have had the failures, they've never been published. They've been discovered in user testing like for interactive book uh, which was uh, the first version was done over a year ago but uh, when we user tested it people were like nah it was missing this it was missing that and then we just didn't publish it we we waited and added those features and tested again and now it's published and it seems to be very popular so, awesome. so uh, yeah we try, try to not get those surprises 
What's the number one thing that people are asking for in H5P right now? What's the, you know, maybe the top one or two features or the top one or two changes that you're making that you're going to be pushing out? Mm, at the H5P conference, the last one, it's, it's a while back now because of COVID, but it was, was the hub, of course, uh, by far the most requested feature. So it will be good to have that out. Number two, I'm not certain exactly what that was there are lots of requests for for like the modern or the, the hyped things so we've got 360 virtual tour for 360 images and uh, 360 um, videos are very much requested on the forum on hvp.org the number one thing is uh, a one note integration but I think uh, Microsoft helped that a lot because they were campaigning on Twitter for people to go in and vote for that request so okay. we're working with them now to to finish it it's pretty much done uh, but uh, there are a few adjustments i was not i wasn't exactly happy with the user experience yet so we'll need to do a few adjustments and then we'll get it out there mm. uh, powerpoint import is also very much requested so that, that is also we have a prototype for it and it's coming is that yeah. you know that so just on, on the, does that PowerPoint import sounds like it might be something where somebody could take, you know, an existing PowerPoint from their class, bring it in H5P. Is that the antithesis uh, of what H5P wants to be though? You know, where it's like, right, look, we don't want static. We want interactive and we want, you know, we want you to rethink your class. So is that another SCORM kind of instance where we, we have to do this because everybody has a yeah. PowerPoint, but it's really come and get into the, get into the tool and see how it works and then evolve is that what it, it yeah it, it's a bit like that so you uh, you can upload your powerpoint and we'll create a course presentation for you maybe we'll do interactive books as well later and uh, but it will be a bit messed up it's hard to make it perfect so you'll you'll have all the images there you'll have all the texts and everything but you you have to reposition it a bit uh to to and obviously we want them to add questions and, and make it more interactive and more engaging. But it, it will be a huge time saver. A lot of teachers have a lot of content in PowerPoint and not having to upload each image and copy paste each text will, will be very convenient for them. Absolutely. Speaking of which, you know, your community, you know, it's, you know, it's this giant global community. Is there any sense of you know, what the next six months or the next year looks like um, in terms of, you know, returning to normal or is this, you know, we've definitely found ourselves in a new normal or are there, uh, you know, is that, you know, what's the H5P vision for what things look like six months from now or a year from now is, or is that not even in your purview? Uh, it's, it's hard to predict. You know, initially when COVID started, we we tried to predict, uh, and things went so quickly. We I, I remember we we early on was playing with the thought of, oh, do we have to cancel the H3P conference in mm -hmm. in Wisconsin in May, and then a couple of weeks, and it was cancelled almost. So so uh, it's hard to predict, and uh, hopefully it can be the same the other way around too. That it will go away as as fast. I don't really see it happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I expect there will be a lot more uh, online education 
going forward. And even if COVID goes away, I think um, teachers have gotten used to to using uh, online tools more and see the value of it, and will be using it more in the and uh, see what they expect from us. Uh, and obviously, also the next six months will be very interesting from a hub perspective. We'll be getting user data, and we'll see how they use it and see if, if our vision um, will, will come through in the end and we'll be able to make people not, not create from scratch every time, but instead use, use content that is there. So how much are, are teachers willing to share? That would be interesting. Oh, I'm, let's hope that they're willing to share tons. Sveen Tor, it's always great to have you on the show. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, especially knowing that you are uh, super, super busy and developing the, you know, developing the hub and getting this pushed out. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for tuning into today's episode of the eLearning Podcast. If you like what you've learned uh, today in this episode, I encourage you to either follow us or subscribe to us on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. And please do share this episode with one or two of your colleagues or friends. Also, I just want to remind you that you can level up your online learning game with all of the information that's available at the eLearning Success Summit. You can get your free ticket at eLearningSuccessSummit.com. And finally, you can also stay up to date on everything that's important, all the news and the resources for e-learning professionals at lmspulse.com. Get our free newsletter by just going to lmspulse.com today. Thanks again.